Good morning, good afternoon, good week, good whatever time of day you're listening to this podcast. You should be enjoying these podcasts and listening to them because it is the Out of Sight Podcast, the special summer engagement series, the Sixers Multiverse Podcast, a whole array of what-ifs in Sixers history. Now, last week, we kind of went a little way back in time. And, uh, you know, Dave did what he could, but uh, he he had to bow out and get back to a, a reality that he's, you know, comfortable with. And that's fine. We appreciate that. We we oh, I'm always happy to let him breathe how he needs to. But I figured this week, let's do something a little bit more recent for Dave. And, uh, you know, Dave is always here. Dave, how you doing? How you doing? Not not too shabby. Not too shabby. You know, it's a. Uh, Students are moving in. I'm, I work in higher education, so that that's going to be fun for me. And uh, orientation and stuff is this week, so that'll also oh, be nice. fun. Yeah, right. Um, but I figure let's do something a little way recent, as in like the last two years recent. How, how does that sound, Dave? After having to transport all the way back to 1996 last week. Let's do it. So here's the thing. We all know that James Harden is a member of the Philadelphia 76ers right now. But you may or may not know that the Sixers had a shot to get James Harden in the 2020-21 season. Maybe you know this. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't know the whole story. We're going to iron all this out for everybody. Uh, Dave, on January 14th, 2021... James Harden was traded to the Brooklyn Nets, and it was a four-team deal. It was the Brooklyn Nets, Houston Rockets, Cleveland Cavaliers, and the Indiana Pacers. Multiple different people went multiple different teams, but in the end, Harden went to Brooklyn, and the Rockets got back uh, Rodians Kurex, Dante Exum, Victor Oladipo, who was later shipped to Miami, uh, four first-round picks and four first-round pick swaps. Um, that's, that's a hell of a haul, wouldn't you say? I mean, it was a huge package. It was, I, I, not, not as much as the one that the Clippers offered for Paul George, although the Clippers were thinking that if we don't get Paul George, Kawhi Leonard is going to go to LA or stay in Toronto. So we, we need to overpay a little bit. There'll be a tax to get Leonard, um, but with two years, you know, basically one and a half years remaining on his salary, it was, a, it was a megaton haul. But at the time, I don't think many people were criticizing the Nets for doing it because you've got Kevin Durant. He's, uh, he's now back. He looked pretty healthy. You got Kyrie Irving. And that was basically a super team, even if had, you had to part with guys you'd like, like Jared Allen and, and all your picks, basically. And right. And if I were the... Brooklyn Nets general manager, I can't say I would turn that down either, but at the same time, the Sixers had a deal on the table, and it would have been kind of perfect for that team two years ago, because you still had Joel Embiid. Tobias Harris was having a nice season. It was rookie Tyrese Maxey, his first year. There were there were some pieces, so I, I gotta say, if Harden went to the Sixers at that time, I feel like it would have definitely in invigorated the fan base yeah i believe that what we heard was they offered ben simmons matisse steibel and maybe three draft picks 
Uh, I think, you know, maybe there's conflicting reports. Some people say that this guy is all untouchable. I don't think they were intending to part with Tyrese Maxey. Right. If they could have saved a couple picks, I think they probably would have, you know, if, if that is how Houston wanted to do it. But it made sense that Houston would prefer a couple picks to Maxey at the time, sparking a major rebuild. But I did hear that Ben Simmons and Matisse Seibel, their, their hotels and flights were set. They were scheduled. They believed they were being traded. Really? This, yes. The Sixers were confident this deal was getting done. And then the Nets basically, I mean, then the Rockets basically backed out. And as Keith Pompey has reported, like the Sixers didn't get a final callback. So that prompted plenty of speculation that Tillman Fertitta did not want to, you know, deal with basically his former GM and Daryl Morey. So let's let's touch on that a, a little bit later, because I have a whole uh, F Tillman Fertitta thing like coming up on this segment. So. Yes, you, you are correct that it was Simmons, Seibel, and a quote-unquote unknown amount of draft pick compensation. Looking I'm going to guess three, but let's say it was two or three. Let's say it's two or three, because when you look at the Nets package, it's basically four first-rounders It's four first rounders and four pick swaps. So if the Sixers wanted to get in the game, it would have had to have been at least three, in my estimation. They didn't have their 2025 because of Horford... Um, so, you know, they would have got creative 23, 27, 29. I don't know. Right. They they couldn't have traded 29 yet. I don't know. They would have figured something out, but let's say it was two, two and a half, three. Maybe there's swaps that we're counting. Now, Mark Stein reported at the time that the Sixers were definitely willing to offer up Simmons, but giving up Maxi was an absolute no go for the Sixers, uh, front office. I, uh, those I never really believe because when the deal happens, everyone says that's the guy I wanted all along. And when the deal doesn't happen, everyone says, well, this guy was untouchable. So I, I take those types of reports the same way I take rival executives think Tyler Hero is the best package for Kevin Durant. Oh, my God. When we know that is not that is not true at all. Yeah, I don't think he was untouchable for James, in a James Harden package. If it would have been Ben Simmons and Maxi, and they could have saved a couple picks, I think, and, and kept Thibel, I think Maury would have done that in a heartbeat because we didn't know what really what Thibel was. I mean, what Maxi was at that point. Now, let me ask you this. As a fan and a hypothetical general manager, if the return is James Harden, is anybody outside of Joel Embiid really untouchable in that kind of a situation? At the time, we were talking about is there a world where it would be better to trade Joel Embiid for James Harden and pair him with, you know, because maybe you'd have to give up less picks. Speaking of crazy uh, multiverses that I dare not even fathom to think about. Yeah, so we we bandied about all kinds of iterations, um, but that's basically the value that James Harden had in the league at that time. I I don't think the Sixers would have done that. I don't think they really ever considered it. Joel is basically the franchise and the fact that Joel Embiid is as good as he is and hasn't wanted to leave the Sixers after all they've put him through. Like he wanted them to keep Hinky. They got rid of Hinky. He wanted them to keep Jimmy Butler. They got rid of Jimmy. Like he had more than enough reasons to ask out compared to some other stars who would have. Yeah. And Embiid has gone through a lot of nonsense since Hinky 
was fired. Like, I don't think I have serious doubts as to whether or not Colangelo was his choice. There's no way that Doc Rivers was his choice. Uh, he I'm, was he was like taking shots at Colangelo. He he wanted Hinky. Hinky was, you know, Hinky showed up to to be there for him when he found out his brother passed away. Hinky was his guy. And, you know, there's a lesson there about listening to your franchise players. Now, this is an article that I found in CBS Sports. Now, I don't know how much I believe it. It sounds very, like, matter of fact or, like, after the fact. But uh, according to CBS Sports, uh, quote, and this is when Harden was being interviewed, said, quote, originally when I was going through everything I was going through in Houston, Philly was my first choice. This was back when he was in Houston prior to the Brooklyn trade. It just didn't happen. I just knew for a very long time this was a perfect fit. Does that sound after the fact to you? Does that sound like placation? Or do you think there was some real honesty in that quote there? It did sound like placation at the time. Fans went back and forth. I actually try to learn everything I could about this. There is an account on Twitter. I think it's called Monbear that people think is James's mother. And that said, like, (laughs) Basically, he did want to be in Brooklyn. So that was like, okay, he wants to be in Brooklyn. But then Daryl Morey on a podcast, might have been the rights to Ricky, was like, he said definitively, no, no, I know for sure Philly was his first choice even then. And I believe, I could be wrong, Jake Fisher has said the same thing. He wanted Philly from the start. That's where I'm currently at with it. I think it's the kind of thing where he would have been content with both. But yes, Philly was his preference. He was not simply placating. And we could take the fact that he asked out of Brooklyn to get to Philly as more evidence of that. And I think that the next thing that he said in that quote was just like he had like going to Philly and being with Embiid, the best big man in the league, uh, second best, as I've said on many, many podcasts over like several different mediums. Um, Yeah, I'm sorry, folks. I still think that Nikola Jokic is the best center in the NBA. I'm sorry. I'm not. You're not talking me off that ledge. I'm sorry. Embiid is great, but. Jokic is number one for me. Anyway, wait, wait, what? You're you're, you're gonna do this how, in the middle of this pod? How I, how have I? How have you never heard me say this, Dave? I've said this like a thousand times already. Oh, we've had the, we've had this discussion numerous times on podcasts, and I'll probably continue to say it. You and I have not had this conversation on a podcast. You, wait, seriously? We have never. We've never had this conversation on a podcast. I don't not recently. I don't believe I would. Yeah. I think I would remember that. If Yo- if Jokic is one and Bead is one A, it's not like two. It's like very close. We're talking like if Jokic is ninety nine and Bead is like ninety seven. Like that's right, how close it right. is for me. I'm not touching this today. Fine, okay. Um, but he's getting one of the best big men in the league, one of the two best big men in the league, and it just made perfect sense because he was playing with Clint Capella. They had a very nice pick and roll game, but that pick and roll game was very limited because you no know, Capella's not that kind of player that's going to come out here and just like, you know, throw handles at another big man. He's not going to step out in mid range. He's not going to step out from three either. So the idea even two years ago was a, a bit mouth frothy for Sixers fans. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess there's also the stuff that, he did enjoy a certain amount of perks when he was in Houston. I think he had some say on things like where training camp was, when he could join the team, when the flights were. He's worked with Tad Brown in the past, who the Sixers hired. So I think there were some reasons why he might have wanted to be in Philly. 
because Daryl and I think a lot of those things, including Michael Rubin, appealed to him when he wound up in Brooklyn. James, I'm sorry. Tra- training camp and practices, they're, they're held down in South Philly or the Palestra, right? I don't think you can get any better than that. Like, there's nothing better than those two venues. There's just not in America. I'm sorry. There's not. Yeah. Uh, say say what you want about, like, uh, the Barclays Center or, M- or MSG, but between Wells Fargo and the Palestra, like, there's nothing more. There's nothing greater or more historic. You know what I mean? They call it the Mecca or something. The Fargo, <laughs> whatever it can, yeah, it can be the mecca. It can be the mecca of. It can be the mecca of a lack of playoff wins. It could be that. That's fine. You you can have that one, New Yorkers. Um, let's get into Tillman Fertitta, and this is where I always went with this. I think he was the main reason why Harden was not with the team two years ago. The fact that the Sixers had to negotiate with Sean Marks this time around versus Tillman Fertitta. I feel like it made it a little bit easier to get that deal done. Do you agree with that? Oh, yeah, I do. I think the Sixers would have continued to increase their offer if they had been given the chance. I don't think they were. I actually think the Rockets might have cost themselves a little bit in negotiating. If they had called the Sixers back and said, what more can you offer? Because we're about to take this deal from the Nets, which Keith Pompey reported they did not do, and I believe, then maybe they could have went back to the Nets and said, look, we're going to need even more. Um, right. So I think there was a little bit, probably a little bit of spite there. Um, things unraveled in Houston. We don't need to get into that, but it was plenty, and- of, plenty of reasons, like not wanting to extend Mike D'Antoni, uh, for Tita pushing for them to trade Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook, and it just fell apart. Right. And the, the, tweet, the West, and the tweet, the, the Westbrook, the Westbrook trade was just emblematic of if I'm Daryl Morey, that's like the last straw. I'm like, wait, I got to the Western Conference finals, took the Golden State Warriors to seven games and you want to switch everything on the fly right now. Clearly, yeah. you're not listening to me like you're not your, your eyes are not working, Tillman. I'm sorry. They're just not. Yeah, my understanding is that the two people who wanted it the most were James Harden and Tillman Fertitta and Mike D'Antoni wanted it the least. And eventually Maury got on board, but I don't know if he, I think it still haunts him pretty much a lot. And I think that's, you know, that entered his mindset very much with this whole Ben Simmons thing. And, and we say this all the time, just like Chris Paul not getting injured in that playoff run. I really think it cost Daryl a championship. I firmly believe that the Rockets would have won that series in seven. Yeah, I think they were one of the best teams in the last 10 years, bar none. So when you get to Harden, I it kind of makes sense that he would be like kind of sour on the franchise after that one year with Westbrook, where it's just like, all right, we tried it your way and it it stinks and you're not listening to Daryl anymore. Daryl's got one foot out the door and Daryl's my boy. Daryl's my homie. So... You know, what, what am I even doing here? Like, I feel like you're not respecting me on a level that I should be respected on, given the caliber of player I am. Yeah, I think there was a feeling in the bubble that it, it was it. That was it. And, you know, the reporting was basically that when Daryl Moore was conducting a head coaching search in Houston, he was letting them know. I mean, he was admitting he's admitted this. I was telling people when I interviewed Doc Rivers, I was telling people that I was not going to be here. Really? Oh, that part I forgot about. I've totally forgot about that part. And if you're uh, a coach 
and you're being interviewed by Daryl Morey, you're just like, damn, it's it's Daryl Morey. Like these get this guy always like grooms the right players and puts the right pieces together to win championships. Like I want to be with this guy. Wait, you're saying you're interviewing me, but you're not going to be here. And he can't promise you James is either. Right. But, but he but he has heard a rumor that you might get John Wall. How enticing is that? Uh, no, not enticing whatsoever on any level. Like, I, <laughs> but yeah, let, let's, uh, let's dig into this hypothetical. All right. So let's take, let's take a quick commercial break. We'll pay, uh, we'll pay some homage to all of our amazing sponsors, uh, for Vox Media and the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, where you can find all of your fine Vox Media podcasts. We'll be right back after a message from these words. It's the Sixers special summer engagement series this is the sixers what if james harden was a member of the sixers in the 2020 2021 season back after these words support for this show comes from sylvan learning as a parent you want your child to have every opportunity but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team now more than ever educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Okay, so we're back on the Sixers Multiverse podcast. And here is the question. The Sixers, at the time of the James Harden trade, James Harden was traded on January 14, 2021. And again, this was the bubble year. In 2020 was the bubble year. Right. So at this point, the Sixers were 9-4. and four. Entering that following season? So I'm looking at the I'm looking at basketball reference 2020 2021 and uh, yeah so season tip off was Wednesday December 23rd so yes this would have been the shortened season yeah the season after after the bubble right so at this so at this, so James Harden was traded on January 14 2021 on January 14 2021 the Sixers record was nine and four so if I'm reading basketball reference correctly I got all my ducks in a row right now yeah during that season this is the first season under Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers was there as well obviously the roster was not that much different than it was the year after with the exception of, you know, Maxi really kind of coming into his own. So here's the question. Ben Simmons' willingness to play. And Ben Simmons' willingness to play. Now, here's the ultimate question. If the Sixers trade for James Harden and they get him on January 14th, 2021, 
how does that change things? Because let's face it, late start to the season. So this was December 23rd, not like October where when it usually is. Is it more or less difficult to bring in somebody like James Harden under those circumstances? It's still early in the season, but still not a whole lot of training camp going on, not a whole lot of practices going on. So they're basically learning on the fly. But after 13 games and not like 41. So I think there's two, there's two big questions is Harden healthy or not? Cause we know from this past season that he took no time at all to begin pairing very, very fluidly with Joel Embiid. I mean, their chemistry was instantly unstoppable. Correct. The, the pocket passes um, Joel, you know, for the first time in his career, we talked a lot about whether or not he could be a role man. Cause he's not really a lob threat. What's he going to be doing if he's not a vertical finisher? It, all of that was instantly like, oh, this works. These guys are too good. And, so, and you saw that from the first tip when Harden became a member of the Sixers on February 25th of this year. Like he had 27 points, 12 assists, eight rebounds, and they beat Minnesota by, I believe it was like 31, something like that. Yeah, so if the Sixers had acquired James Harden then for, let's say, three picks, Matisse Steibel and Ben Simmons, they would be instantly um, – I mean, they were a one seed, so they, they'd be even better as a one seed. They wouldn't have the number one defense anymore, obviously, but I think they'd be um, one of the best teams in the NBA, bar none, and, and for, formidable. This is, what I, this is what I always say said about the Harden trade. Yeah, the Sixers are going to be a little bit worse defensively, but they're not going from like fifth to 32nd. Like they'll go from like top six or seven to like middle of the pack, but their offense sure as hell will spike. Yeah, I don't, so I don't think there would be much of an issue there. The, the big issue is this, though. James Harden as a net, everybody always says, well, he's not Houston James anymore, but they often mm-hmm. forget that James Harden as a net was the best player on the Nets at that time. I mean, he was out playing Kevin Durant. He was out playing Kyrie Irving. There were months where James Harden was carrying the Brooklyn Nets because Durant and Kyrie were both unavailable. Right. So they were operating an extreme load management program for KD. It was his first season back after major Achilles surgery. He was playing every other game. Uh, He had a hamstring. He was nursing, and they were being conservative with that. Kyrie was missing at the time. Like we weren't sure he, he wasn't really reliable. We weren't sure why he was missing games. People have speculated it had something to do with, you know, George Floyd maybe, or just personal reasons. But part of the reason Kyrie was off doing his uh, uh, Magellan thing, trying to make sure that the earth was in fact flat, something like that. But it was, you know, I've heard Kyrie did not want them to trade for James, but Kevin did because people in the organization weren't sure about, what to do that, you know, James was Kyrie insurance and they were willing to pay big for that. And James delivered when those guys were out of the lineup, the Nets leaned on him and he was third in the Kia MVP voting ladder before he pulled his hamstring. Sure was late, late March 31st. So I think that if the Sixers got that guy, they would have been awesome. But the problem is, he was a little bit heavy. He wanted to be a little bit heavy to get out of Houston. And then he was, 
he's playing minutes as if he's still 27 and he's carrying a team. So yeah, I think that there's a, a reasonable case that that hamstring was, you could look at it as like a time bomb. And if he went to the Sixers, the Sixers are not the most conservative load management team. We've been wanting them to rest Joel and be more over the last few years than he has. So I don't think they would have suddenly been conservative back going back to January, February, March, 2021. And I think there's a good chance Harden pulls that hamstring anyway. I agree in, with that. In Philly, in which case they lose to the Hawks just like they did. They'd still beat the Wizards. They lose to the Hawks because Harden was on one leg when we saw him playing the Bucks with a grade two hamstring. So they wouldn't have got past Trey Young. But if he was healthy, if this is magic and he never did that hamstring, Sixers are conservative. Maybe Joel Embiid never tears his meniscus, a partial lateral tear. That team would have won the finals. Here's where I kind of push back on they wouldn't have beaten the Hawks because even with James Harden, like 70 to 75% effectiveness. You don't get, you don't get that in this instance. You get the version of James that hurt his hamstring on the nets in 2021. So he against the James Harden against the bucks in 2021 was awful. He was literally playing with a grade two hamstring. So, but, but do you, do you get more or less offense with James Harden there versus Ben Simmons? Oh, less, less. You think so? I, I am just, just go back and watch that series. I mean, he was a massive liability. I, I tend to disagree with that, but I will definitely check the tapes. Um, I just think that if there's somebody um, of that caliber, I just don't know. Like just him being he was, out there. He was not that caliber at all. I mean, he was literally playing on one leg. I mean, they, I mean, they beat, they beat the Celtics four games to one in the opening round. Then yeah, they got to the semifinals and he was the, he was the best player in that series but he was perfectly healthy. And in the next series, he should not have played. And he might have set back his, his next two years by playing in that. So, All right. Now, now that I'm looking at the stats, uh, 10.8 points in that series, five rebounds, six assists. You don't think that maybe the Sixers could have rode and beat a little bit harder in the Atlanta series? Yeah, they could have, but they're still not winning that series. They don't have Ben, so they don't have an unstoppable defense anymore. Trey okay. Young would have been running roughshod over them. I mean, okay. they, had, they had Ben Simmons and Matisse Thibel taking turns, doing a tremendous job on Trey Young after the That's first right. half. Yeah, so he would have he would have been bowing at half court like he did to the Knicks, and the Sixers wouldn't have had the firepower with that version of Harden. Now, if you wanted to say like. He didn't get hurt that badly. Uh, it's another hypothetical, but I'm, I'm going in this one with he did get hurt just as badly. The Hawks have no problem. But I think the more interesting is if, if no one gets hurt, could that team have beaten the Hawks, obviously? And then could they have beaten the Bucks? I think so. And then if, I, could they have beaten the Suns? And I think so, too. If no one gets hurt, if they load manage MB to the point where it's just like, all right, so James is here. So, Joel, we're going to give you a couple of nights off offensively. Hey, James, uh, you're you're looking a little you're looking a little tired. Let's sit you for a couple of games, Joel. Like, come on up. We need you to step up a little bit more. Uh, that being the case, I like maybe they get injured, maybe they don't. But assuming they both stay relatively healthy, they definitely cruise past the Wizards. I think that's a sweep. I 
don't think that Atlanta has the firepower to beat uh, a, a moderately healthy Embiid and Harden. That's a sweep too. Oh, I think it's. I think that's. I think that's a fiver. You're, you're giving. You're giving me healthy 2021 James Harden when he's literally an MVP candidate. I, and I'm, and I'm, healthy Joel Embiid when he's literally an MVP candidate. I'm giving you 80 percent of each because you figure like health wise, like there are going to be some times where they need nights off, so maybe they'll be run down, but they won't be like injured. Injured. You know that quote from the program: "Are you injured or are you hurt?" I think both of them will just be hurt. Okay, all right. So they win in six, five or six for sure against Atlanta. Uh, here, here's a hot take. I still don't think they beat Milwaukee. Well, you're going with like eight. They're each eighty percent healthy, so that's fair. But if I, they were both healthy, because you did load manage them, then I think they are beating Milwaukee. I mean, Milwaukee wasn't that strong at that point. The Nets almost beat them without James Harden and Kyrie. True, and like that's that's why I was really like looking forward to you know. Milwaukee and Philly that season because I was like, oh, wait a second. They needed seven games to beat just Kevin Durant. Oh, man, if we get Milwaukee in the finals, this thing is a wrap. Yeah, and the Sixers have the best player in the league to really put on Giannis and Joel. So and 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 then and and then Ben Simmons happened in game seven. So we know we all know the this the end story behind that. Yeah. So. Damn it, Ben. Benjamin, just dunk the ball. That's all we needed for you to do right there. That's it. God yeah. damn it. Um, so do you think the Sixers beat the Suns in that, in that NBA Finals? You know, I'm optimistic, so I want to say yes, but they would not have home, had home court. And the Suns were a well-oiled machine, and the Sixers uh, would be a relatively new team. So your, your three-headed monster is... MVP level Harden, MVP level Joel Embiid, and then your next best player, I suppose. And then, and then all star, all star Tobias Harris. Yeah, and That's maybe, right. <laughs> maybe you're relying more on Maxi in this because Bible yeah. and Ben are gone, and maybe he breaks out a little bit. Maybe he plays similarly to the way he did against Atlanta in that game six, and he flashes, and you win the you win the title because Maxi's your X factor. I also think this. Here's the other thing: if Harden is moderately healthy in the in that playoff run for Brooklyn. I don't think that Harden gets traded to Philly this year or the yeah, year after. Right, let's let's do that one. Let's do this hypothetical next. So uh, say that again. So let's say that uh, Harden doesn't really get as hurt as he did against the Boston Celtics, right? I don't know definitively if there are serious problems between him and KD and Kyrie. Because at that point, if I'm Kevin Durant, I'm just like, look, I got, I got James. I played with him before and he's way more reliable than you've been. So like Sean, do what you can get what you can for Kyrie. But like this three headed monster here ain't working. So can you do something about it? Like, I think, I think Kyrie would have been the one that got moved at that at last year's trade deadline. So, all right. So in this example, it's 2021. This James Harden absolutely dusted the Celtics. And now you're playing the Bucks at home. The first minute of that series, that's when Harden suffered a great two hammy and played on it. But right. if, he, if he didn't, they they spank the Bucks and eliminate the Bucks probably even even with oh no definitely even definitely with, yeah even with Kyrie because they were a toe on the line from doing it without Harden and Kyrie oh my god 
So if you give them MVP level Harden, they might have won in five or six. They were up two nothing in two blowouts. So let's say Kyrie still rolls his ankle and he's out. You're moving on. You have a very easy time against the Hawks. And the they, they smoke Atlanta. Smoke Atlanta. And now you're wondering, is there any way we can get Kyrie back for the finals? Maybe not. Maybe that was, you know, maybe his ankle injury was too much. But maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe Harden. I mean, Harden went into Phoenix on the second night of a back-to-back that season in February with DeAndre Jordan <laughs> and, and got a win against a fully loaded and rested Suns team. So he was that good. They might have won the, the title even without Kyrie. And if Kyrie came back, that's a, that's a wrap. That team was a super team. A lot of the hand-wringing we spend talking about Kyrie shouldn't have hitched his wagon. KD shouldn't have hitched his wagon to Kyrie. Yeah. You know, this, that, and the third. They would have won the title if they were all healthy, period. And then they just stay together and there's no there's no controversy. Like, th- like there is controversy. But Brooklyn at that point, they're just like, all right, you know what? We, we want a title with these three. Like, let's just run it back. We'll just we'll just work it out as we go. Yeah, I think I think James would have been less likely to be so frustrated with Kyrie with a ring on his belt. I mean, at that point, it'd be like, this is all gravy. So the, the gonna... ring that he has been chasing for like years now. Yeah, so it's all gravy now. He either he either gets to stay and go for another, or he leaves and doesn't care. But I don't think Kyrie would have pissed him off so much. He, you know, remember at the time he asked for a trade, there was more than a little bit of reasonable optimism that they would lift the mandates. So he he might have said, "I don't need to be traded." And the Nets might have been a lot more likely to say, "Go bleep yourself if you do want to yeah. trade," because we just won the title. <laughs> oh man that's why i love playing out all these hypotheticals and just like if like i said kevin and kevin and james harden they played together they know each other well and it's like from the start i was just like yeah Kyrie is gonna be the odd man out sooner rather than later i think you saw how quickly kd and harden who apparently have this like cold war they didn't speak and they've mended the fences i think they all could have done that. i think Kyrie was pretty frustrating and annoying for james i think james the pressure that he was feeling to not win that ring was there and it was all compounding based on what Kyrie was doing like yo i played on a grade two hamstring that bleeped up my whole next season and you're right. not even you're not even out here it's like so, nah fam like no we no you got to come in here you got to go to work so I, I relate to that. On the other hand, I think like if you're talking titles and you've already won one and you just figure, look, just a couple of weeks, we were going to do this. Like, I'll be back full time. It really does look like that way. Um, management doesn't want to trade you anyway. So I think they could have gotten along with a good playoff run. If let's say let's say it plays out. They don't trade James Harden uh, at the deadline to the Sixers. Let's do that hypothetical. So Maury offers Ben Simmons. 2023, 2027, 2029. Um, let's go for that, it. Why not? No, no, just the, what really happened. He oh. offers it, but the Nets say no. What happens? So, so James Harden is dealing with a hamstring. He might be kind of flaking to get himself traded, but the Nets just refuse to move him. How does it shake out now? So, if the so if the Sixers don't acquire Harden at this past deadline. Yes, the Sixers did not get Harden back in February. Harden's still a net. And 
maybe they need to give him the two weeks off that the Sixers gave him. You know, everyone was saying he quit on the Nets, but we know now that he had multiple MRIs and he really did have a hamstring. He was, he looked washed in that final game against the Miami Heat. I don't know if that was a business decision or his hamstring or what, but his hamstring issue was very real. And so let's say the Nets say, we're keeping you, but we want to get you right. You got the all-star break to take two weeks, take three weeks. You're not going anywhere. And then the mandate lifts. And now you've got that big three. They wouldn't have, they wouldn't have dropped down to a, as far as they did. I mean, they wouldn't have been the playing team and the Sixers wouldn't have been as high. The Sixers wouldn't have been a four seed because they don't have Ben Simmons for the whole season. I think, I I think that uh, number one, I don't think that Brooklyn falls that far. So I agree with you, but I also don't think that like Daryl doesn't try to scramble for a plan B, be that whoever it is. Like he goes, he, he goes all in for, you know, like Bradley Beal or like Zach Levine, who I, God, just know, can we not have Zach Levine in a Sixers jersey ever, ever, ever? I, I think Daryl does what he can to employ some kind of plan B. Maybe I'm, gl- it's not, I'm maybe glad you brought this up because oh Lord. We, we could have talked about Beal earlier because when we were saying if the Sixers got Harden in 2021 instead of the Nets, the Nets might have used half of that package and got Beal. So Beal could have been on the move in either way. And I think you're right. I think if the Sixers couldn't get Ben, they might have landed Beal at the deadline. But let's let's just say they didn't. Without James Harden? No Harden, no Beal. Sixers just as is. I don't know. They're like a four or five or six. They're not a four seed. Maybe they're a five seed. Maybe they're a six seed. They're basically a first round exit if they face the Nets. I yeah, if they face if they face the Nets, that's that's a wrap. That series is done in five or six. Right. Um what seed was Toronto? Toronto was the five seed, correct? Correct. If it's that same series, I honestly think Toronto wins in seven. Well, the Sixers wouldn't have even been a four seed because they needed Harden to get to that four seed. Um, yeah, I I kind of agree with that, but I feel like you know Maxi progressing and not having to worry about Harden or Simmons coming back ever. Like I feel like he, I mean, Maxi really kind of stepped his game up last second, the second half of last season. So, but, but a large part of that was playing with Harden. Like he got to play against a, a scrambling, rotating defense. Fair, um, but be it Toronto, be it Brooklyn, like no matter what, that is a first round exit. So the Sixers only finished three games better than the Raptors. If they didn't have James Harden for those, what was it, 25 games or whatever. Yeah. I, I think the Raptors would have caught them and the Sixers would have been maybe just ahead of the Bulls. Either so, way, it's a first round exit. Because ne- then you're looking at like, now you're looking at like going up against Milwaukee as the Sixers being an eight seed. So I think the Nets, if they kept Harden, they move up to this five seed area. And I think the Sixers dip down to this six seed area. So I think I still think the Nets would have got eliminated because eventually they would have had to face the Bucks or the Celtics and they would have lost. Right. Um, if they did get the Sixers, I think they would have won that series. Sixers are dead in the water no matter what. Yeah. And what happens now? Let's say that reality played out. Does James Harden say, I want to be a Sixer still? I told you I wanted to be a Sixer in February. You didn't trade me. Now I'm going to go there. Oh. As a you trade Tobias Harris 
and picks and have cap space and sign me. And, or, or you actually have one of the best offers to go get Kevin Durant. If Kevin Durant says, I smell the writing on the wall. Now you can offer Ben Simmons, the two picks you offered for Harden, maybe Tyrese Maxey, maybe you don't even have to offer Maxey. And so maybe you could get Harden for cap space or trade for KD. And there's two hypotheticals that are interesting there. If you never got Harden at the deadline, if you never got Beal at the deadline. That is interesting. Like throwing Durant in here like that. Um, Do you think Durant would want to come? Because you know how it is. Like the player on a level, uh, a caliber of Durant, like they they have to want to come to Philly. So play this out. All right. So the the Harden never gets traded. Yeah. Takes a couple weeks off. Yeah. KD's KD's nursing his knee. Kyrie finally is back full time. You slide up. You're not a playing team, and you get the five seed. And you play the Raptors first round. Let's say you eke out that series. And if you're, if we're talking about if we're the Sixers, not Brooklyn. No, that was Brooklyn. And that's okay. Okay. Because Kyrie couldn't play there. Right. Um, but let's say, let's say KD, Harden, and Co. With, with Kyrie for home games is good enough to advance. Now you're at Miami. Then what happens to Brooklyn? <laughs> uh, Miami and seven. You think Miami would beat yeah. the, the Nets big three? Uh, I had serious reservations about that big three going up against guys like Joel Embiid, Giannis, or Bam Adebayo. So, yeah, I'm, I'm staying on that hill. All right. My, I think it would be close. My, Miami and seven because Bam Adebayo would literally average like 25 and 20 in that series. It's possible. I can see it going both ways. I think the Celtics and the Bucks a little bit more definitively would yeah. have beaten them. On the other hand, if we're leaving in the Chris Middleton injury, then now the Nets are beating the Bucks. Oh man, this is just this is just so much fun. Like, this I, is yeah. the multiverse, man. This is the multiverse. <laughs> so we, of course we'll have more of these until uh, Sixers training camp opens, and it's going to be opening pretty soon, actually. Uh, Dave, this has been such an enjoyable ride. Let's let's get back in the car and get back to our own realities here. Oh, and uh, one more, one more bad thing for James Harden. If he's one listening. more, one more. In almost all of these where you stayed in Brooklyn, I think you're getting a bigger long-term salary from the Nets than you did just now from the Sixers. That's true. Because I think they would have been like, look, we don't want to pay Kyrie, but we certainly don't want to piss off Durant. Let's just give you the four-year deal you deserve and, and focus on your hamstring. So let's, he give, been, let's give you the Kyrie money. Yeah, I think he would have been a lot richer, and who, but maybe not a lot happier. Who knows? Maybe not a lot happier because if we, if we choose to believe that Philly was the choice all along, then, yeah, he might not have been happy. Yeah. And then who knows if, like, that really plays out and he's just like, well, damn, I made the wrong decision then you're looking at like a Harden in Houston situation again, where he's just trying to play himself out of Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, this, it's, it all worked out. The Sixers have Harden. Uh, Brooklyn has KD and Kyrie that they, they are planting their flag there and thumbs up. Good on them for making that choice. Uh, yeah. But we are going to get out of here. We have re- arrived back in our own realities uh dave always fun having these conversations i look forward to talking to you next week with whatever the topic is and uh 
yeah, training camp starts soon, and let's get ready for this thing because we want that parade down Broad Street. God damn it, I want to be rocking the red, white, and blue down Broad Street. Yeah, I want Jason Kelsey to do a version of his speech where it was like, "They said we'd never shoot." God damn it, they all hated the process. They said we'd always draft number one picks who can't shoot. (laughs) Can you imagine Jason Kelsey in like a red, white, and blue Mummers uniform? Like, oh, I want that so bad now. God damn it. Now I'm thinking about it. I'd like to see AJ Brown in those Legion of Boom, uh, Legion of Doom shoulder pads, too. Nice. (laughs) Uh, Dave, always looking forward, always looking towards the future. I love you, Dave. That's why I love That's why I love talking to you, my friend. And, And the past here. So we're mixing it all in. Exactly. Talk to everybody next week. We will see you in another universe. This has been the special summer engagement series of the Out of Sight Podcast and the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. We will be back next week with another universe to explore. But until then, Dave and I, we're getting out of here. Sayonara. Peace out. Enjoy your week, folks. 